Welcome to the Personal Injury Marketing Minute, where we quickly cover the hot topics in the legal marketing world. I'm your host, Lindsay Busfield. Fortunately, most personal injury cases settle out of court. But for those that do make it to trial, odds are that you have invested countless hours and a good sum of money before it got to that point, and now you are faced with the looming uncertainty of how a jury will see things. Realistically, you have probably rehearsed what you're going to say about a million times in front of your wife, kids, dogs, and in the shower. While Fido might lend a good ear, his feedback probably doesn't contain helpful advice. But what if you could do a mock trial in front of a realistic jury and get actual feedback on how you present your case? Joining us today is Mike Liffrig, the founder of First Court, a company that offers sophisticated jury research and alternative dispute resolution services. Thank you for joining us today. Absolutely, Lindsay. My, my great pleasure to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about First Court and how you got started. Yeah, so Lindsay, we provide, in a nutshell, we provide emotional leadership services to lawyers. Uh, we take good cases and we help um, turn our lawyers into emotionally savvy beasts. And that, then they turn this into exceptional verdicts. They turn their good cases into great cases. That's, that's how we look at this. And it's not a legal thing. It's very much, uh, very much an emotional training that we have found over the years. And I say this as a lawyer myself, I went to you know, a little small town uh, farm boy from North Dakota. I went to Michigan for law school and uh, came back and was in an insurance defense firm for a number of years. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I wanted to mediate is kind of how I how I got started in this. And at that time, the lawyers would say to me, well, Mike, you, you don't know anything. You know, you're <laughs> just three years out of school. Why, why would we listen to you as a mediator? And I kind of said, you, you, you know, called them some names and uh, but they were right. I mean, I didn't know anything. And I, but I said to myself, you know what, you don't care what I think of your case, but you care what Grandma Olga thinks of your case, right? And so this was back in 1989, Lindsay, probably before you were born, I don't know. <laughs> um, and you could go to Sears, there was a store called Sears, and you could go there and plop down $600 and you could get a VHS camcorder, uh, one of these big old top mounted things. And uh, I bought one of those and every mediation I went to as a mediator, I had that on a tripod behind me. So when they got to an impasse, I said, all right, uh, folks, let's have your closing argument. And I would take those closing arguments and I'd run it by just folks from, from that particular county. And I'd record uh, their reactions and the lawyers got a chance to see, ah, here's my strongest arguments. My clients saw me arguing for them Right? I stood up for my clients and made my case. And the, 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 the jurors then were the bad guys. Like it was very, very helpful for breaking impasses that way because they would say that I, this, this, in, this defendant is just so reckless, they need to be punished. Or this injured person is just unbelievable. You know, look at the pictures, you know, whatever they're gonna say, they would say that. And so it made it so much easier to, to resolve cases. And that's kind of how we got we got into this is just super super practical like it's not about theory not about social psychology any of that stuff it's like how do real people respond to real lawyers that's kind of where where our focus has always been and that's one of those soft skills that they just can't teach you in law school uh, because connecting with the jury connecting with people people are going to be different um you know and especially depending on your geographic area and 
what a specific sample jury might look like. You need to be able to reach people in different ways. Exactly. Um, and a lot of what you're saying reminds me of like stand-up comedians who go on stage and they, you know, give a joke, they present it in a few different ways, see how many laughs they get. And that way they right. can take it to the next show, tweak yeah. it and, you know, do some A-B testing. But as a lawyer, if you're going in front of a jury, you don't get the opportunity to do that A-B testing in real life. You have to do that, uh, that footwork before you get there. And I think that this is a great service that yeah. provides you an and, opportunity to do that. And to that point, it, you need to be, um, this is the, this is a great trick, I think, for people who have never picked a jury. Like a lot of the, the folks in my in my business are, are PhDs, right? And they don't have, they've never picked a jury before at all. Well, I've been a prosecutor and I've kind of, you know, won some and I lose some. Um, and I understand what goes through a lawyer's mind, especially that like the three days before trial, it's just chaos, right? I mean, and it's not easy to have the judge critical of you, your clients expecting you, you've got your, you know, the, the jury, the opponent, you've got a lot of forces on you. And for someone to like so many times, the, um, the consultants will sit back and, and I've heard them at these conventions and they like, they mock the lawyers for being, you know, stupid, really? If yeah. you have no idea what they're going through and, mm. and and yet you can be critical so we really want to be highly personalized like the way a woman presents to a jury compared to a, a 65 year old man way different right they just in, in this the, like the same jokes won't work the same um the the way that you dress the, the your demeanor when you can be assertive how you can be assertive this is really, really personalized. And so I, I feel like I, I can take these, take the lawyer just where they're at, right? Whatever the, wherever the lawyer's at and work with that and make this an, a journey into authenticity, if you will. Like, we just want you to be you, you know, as an advocate for, for your client. And that's, that's kind of the unique um, leadership piece. The, the other thing on the leadership that I that I find so so intriguing is that more and more so I'm 63 years old now. When I started back in 1985, um, I you know there was no internet and there was not this uh, quite the bombardment of our senses that we have today with so much media. And um, today I, the jury, so many of our jurors, they just they're very shrewd about emotional um, uh, reading of people, the reading of lawyers, they're pretty shrewd about that. But man, they are on, on the facts of a case, finding the facts. Many, many of our jurors, they can't, they can't add three numbers together. Hmm. And if you ask them to do it, they'll get frustrated. You know? So this is, um, the result is that the leadership of the, of the, of the of the jury is just critical. That's why I say it's, but it's emotional leadership. It's not about all these legal schmiegel theories. It's about who do I trust, right? Because this is bewildering to me sitting in this jury box. And, and I need, I need, my first thing is who's going to tell me the rules, who's going to make me feel comfortable, who's going to um, help me get through this and, and help me answer the question. Sometimes, sometimes my lawyers will say, well, the judge is the leader in the courtroom. Well, 
in a way, but the judge can't help the jury answer the questions that they have to answer. And so they're looking for the lawyers and they say, <laughs> you've had this case in your office for three years and you can't tell me what it's worth. Like that's our job. It's like, that's bullshit. Like no, mm -hmm. no one buys that. You know, you've got to, you've got to step up and be that emotional leader. And so, so much of our services, Lindsay, they're focused on Vordire, where you first open the door of their minds to this person is trustworthy and to the opening statements where you, you just win them, right? That's kind of the, the, uh, the main focus of what we're doing is with our, with our focus groups and our private jury trials is spending hours and hours getting the lawyers comfortable with Vordire and the themes in the, in the, in the openings. Um, so it's extremely helpful. You don't want to, you don't want to figure this out in the public courtroom. You want to have it down ahead of time. Absolutely. I mean, as you're saying, you know, it's not enough to be right and to know the laws right. and to know the facts. You have to be able to guide your jury through that process and be convincing in a way that isn't salesy, um, but is right. in a compassionate, knowledgeable, professional way that kind of holds their hand through the process because even though you've been in a courtroom a hundred times, they have it. And right. they're looking for that leadership. They're looking for right. that emotional leadership. Um, exactly. And so taking a closer look at the logistics of this, what does the process look like from a lawyer's end if they want to engage in this type of simulation? Well, so the, the first thing is, again, we try to stay reality-based, right? And so lawyers are super busy. And we have taken um, the what COVID has done to our country uh, in terms of making Zoom calls uh, like comfortable for everybody. So we, uh, we ask our lawyers to begin with some evening focus groups on Zoom. Super easy. They don't have to reschedule depositions. They don't have to, you know, and any of the scheduling stuff, most lawyers can find a time from six to nine in the evenings when they can make this happen. So that's the first thing is we do it, we do it um, at a time that works for you. And we use these online uh, focus groups uh, to get all of the mistakes out of their system, right? So we might, we might devote the first three focus groups to, to, uh, to voir dire, to jury selection. And we do this in a very realistic setting so that the, the people who come on and serve on the jury they are under the impression that, hey, this is a real lawsuit. Perfectly true, right? These are real lawyers. Perfectly true. And, um, and they are trying to get this case fairly evaluated and, and resolved if they can. Perfectly true. So they, they will believe that this is an ADR procedure and their emotional buy-in is high because <laughs> like we'll, get, we'll get jurors using the F-bomb and just like really like cussing at and, and, and like totally getting into this because wow. they're they're emotionally invested in the in the process which is great that's what we want we, we don't want this to be like a fake exercise for one side only that is not helpful for for our lawyers so um usually in the there's there's the, these two things so either the we're working on the folk on the uh, voir dire or the opening and the the voir dire piece you know i give them I give them the buy-in piece, like this is a real lawsuit. And we are first, we are a dispute resolution firm. We're help, helping these lawyers to evaluate the case. I'll give them the basic facts of the case, just like the judge would give you them the uncontroverted, you know, two or three paragraphs of the who's who. 
And then I, I say, okay, uh, first we're going to hear from the plaintiff attorney. And, the, you know, more and more of my practice, in fact, I'm just starting a, a new company that's just going to do only plaintiff work. We're going to call it Grand, Grand Slam Verdicts is the name of the new, the new group. Great the first name. part has been, has been uh, serving a lot, all, all, everybody, both def defendants and, and plaintiffs. And I just want to do, I just want to do plaintiff work. <laughs> uh, as, as we talked about before, the show began, right? So the, the plaintiff attorney gets about 45 minutes um, of, the, of the session. And then the, the defense attorney comes in and he or she is just kind of there as window dressing because we we're not there to help the defense so much. We're, help, we're gonna help our client. So we learn, we give them the great majority of the time. Um, and then after, the, after my plaintiff attorney finishes the voir dire, and the first one is just whatever he or she is used to. Like we just go with what's natural to, to that lawyer. And then we, we have a software we, that we created about 20 years ago. It's called Vulcan, like after the Star Trek show, you can kind of get into <laughs> the minds, right? Yep. And uh, it allows us to ask, number one, it records all their notes that they make. As, so as they're listening to the, to the lawyers, they'll make notes. And uh, we encourage that. We encourage them to be really, really blunt. And I've got stories like the, the ways that juries have insulted me over the years, right? And, and so I just <laughs> you have to have, have some thick skin for that. Yeah, we don't have feelings. <laughs> right? We're Vulcan, yeah. No, that's right, we're Vulcan. Uh, and so they will, they will answer questions like, I, I might say, uh, you know, at the end of, of the plaintiff's voir dire, I might say something like, um, okay, did this, did this lawyer set you at ease by clarifying how the discussion was going to work? Did they make any of these informal rules clear to you? If so, uh, tell me about that. Did, did she listen to your answers, right? Did, did you understand why the lawyer was asking the questions that she was asking? Did, did the lawyer ask any dumb questions? Like, do you think you could be fair to both sides? You know, stuff like that. Um, that we have a tendency as lawyers just to fall into because we don't do this enough, right? We're not comfortable with it. And so um, all of that, all those questions get immediately answered. And so the, our clients get to see all this feedback almost in real time. So it's like, whoa. <laughs> it's, they get like 12 people telling them all these, all these super helpful answers to the, the, the key parts in the case. So if we do the same thing for their openings, uh, you know, we might ask at the end of the opening uh, statement by the plaintiff, uh, what's the most important thing that this lawyer said? Well, if we get 12 answers back and not one of them talks about what the lawyer thinks is his theme, guess what? That opening statement sucks. Yeah. You know, it's not what we want. You're saying, you're, you're saying things that you're saying out of, out of habit maybe, or for some other agenda, but you're not dialing in on what you think you're dialing in on. And so um, that gives us a great baseline, Lindsay. So we kind of know this is where my lawyer is at right now with, with the voir dire in the opening. And then we just start having discussion and we say, uh, I, might, I might isolate one or two of the videos snippets okay, the lawyer, the, the juror said this, what do you think of that? And so we want to give the lawyer a chance to come to her own story, her own answer 
to this. Like, well, well I could say it this way, right? And so um, sometimes the lawyers will just say, look, tell me, <laughs> give me your ideas, right? <laughs> give me your ideas and I'll consider, and then we'll do that. So whatever the lawyer wants, but we, we've learned that if, if you just, if, if we just tell the lawyer what to do, number one, half the time they don't read it. Yeah. Right. And, and it, it does, they don't own it. So they, they're never comfortable in that. And I don't want them going into a public jury without being really comfortable. Like this is me. <laughs> this right. fits, right? If they so, can't buy into it, it's not going yeah. to help them. They're not going to do it. Right. Right. So that's the, that's the, the overall drill. Now, um, if the case is going to a public trial, we don't like to do the online stuff exclusively. So maybe three weeks or four weeks before the public trial, we would we'll come to um, you know Charlottesville or wherever the wherever the case is, is venued, and we'll rent a big ballroom, and we'll bring 24, 32 jurors in for a day or two, and at this point after we've done five or six uh, online uh, trials, online focus groups, it should it should be pretty smooth. It should be you should be rocking this thing, right? And so now we want to now we want to polish it in front of real people that you can see and smell, right? And 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 watch them fidget uh, during the during the course of the day, uh, and we can so we just we we polish the um, the the themes the 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 voir dire the opening, and we also <laughs> we also build confidence because there's nothing like seeing people just buy in. Like, yes, 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 yes. And so now you've got this big head of steam built up for the, uh, for the public trial just in the nick of time, right? That's, that's the, so that's kind of the, the overview of the whole process that we'd like to use. That's fantastic. I mean, it sounds like you guys kind of tear them down. Well, you don't tear them down, but the jury has the opportunity to tear them down and really figure out where they're excelling, but where the opportunities are for improvement. And then yeah. by the end of it, they can see how changing their tactics, changing, you know, tweaking things can really have a, a very tangible difference um, in the outcome and in their presentation. Yeah, uh, exactly. And so with the jury members, obviously you need to have a representative sampling um, for the type of demographics that they're going to have in court. Where do you guys pull jury prospective jury members from? Yeah, so uh, this is this is super important because we feel it, you can really mislead the clients and mislead our, our lawyers on 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 that if we don't get a good sample. So it's a it's it's something that we rarely get any complaints over. People are kind of thinking like, "Well, you guys really have this down," and we do because we've done it for thirty three years. Uh, but the first thing is we we look at the demographic targets for the venue, whether it's the county or a, a federal district. Uh, in terms of race and age and education and work experience. And um, then we review those targets. Those are kind of what the census is saying. This is what your group should look like. But we'll review that with the with the clients, the lawyers, because, you know, the census can say one thing, but when they stand up to pick a jury, that's not what's looking back at me. So we want to we want to build on their experience of, of who is actually showing up for public jury duty. Um, and so we get the, the demographic targets. Then we um, we create a website, a registration page that the, the jurors can come to, and we put ads in uh, various form in the uh, for in the in the uh, in the web. And we also ask because we've done this for so long, we will ask past jurors from that venue 
to recommend their friends and their neighbors because they love doing this. I mean, they, they say, can we do this again? You know, that's a very common thing uh, for us. So and then they, we don't like them to do it again. We want fresh people, um, not, not professional jurors, right? So, uh, but we will end up with uh, maybe 150 or 180 applicants wow. uh, for this. We pay them, you know, we pay them more than they can make at, at work typically. Uh, so then we get a group like, okay, these are the, these are the 24, 28, 18 jurors that we like. Uh, we'll call them and interview them. And we're kind of checking for weirdos, basically, right? Like people that are just off. We don't, mm -hmm. we don't want them. Uh, and so if they... If they sound good, then we'll give our clients a, a list of recommendations. Like here's the 18 people we recommend and all the information we have on them. If you don't like them, one or two of them or whatever, let us know because we've got a lot to choose from. And so that's why the, the clients just, you know, I've been doing this, I think it's been 15 years since I last heard any complaint about the juries because they're just, they're really good. And it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun to be a jury member as well. Yeah. I, I can understand why they would want to come back and, and do that again. Um, but going back to the the feedback that you guys provide from those jury members, it, I mean, everything sounds so detailed and so realistic. Um, do you have any metrics on how effective the information is in terms of case success for your clients? Well, um, you know, most, most of the cases still settle, even when we're involved. Um, we don't get that many cases that, that go to a public verdict. So the metrics are, you know, they're a little bit hard to be apples to apples on. Um, I was thinking about this earlier. I think in the 33 years that I've been doing this, we've had maybe three misfires where, you know, we said A and the jury came back with opposite of A. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So, it, you know, it does happen. And I really don't like to tell the tell the clients that this is a crystal ball because it it's not. I mean, it can tell you where you're strong and where you're weak, um, and this it is especially good at at um, the liability issues in a case. Damages are kind of a crapshoot, but it's it's much more uh, it's much more about the leadership pieces about making sure that they follow you because these folks don't know what to do they don't know what to do with the verdict they're looking for someone to guide them and so that's the real value here uh, you know in my battle days you know we've worked with walmart and general motors and you know they have told us that uh, this is the most data-driven um, approach to jury consulting that they've seen because they get all this you get 180 200 pages of data back wow and so it's, it's, it's impressive that way if, if that kind of stuff, you know, and for insurance companies and defendants, that means a lot to them because that's kind of how they, they'll make decisions. But, you know, in my world, nothing succeeds like success. Like, so we were in, in conservative Bismarck, North Dakota um, a couple of years ago, and our clients got a $1.3 billion verdict in wow. conservative Bismarck for the death of two girls and a, and a, severe brain injury, mm. but over a billion dollars, yeah. you know, and it's, it's by listening to people and making it fit your personality. That's kind of what we're all about. Yeah. It's all building on that emotional quotient and connecting with jury yeah. members. And of course you're not going to have, you know, any perfect metrics because you're dealing with human beings and it's not a crystal ball. Right. Um, so the but defense gets a say in this too. I mean, the defense gets to weigh mm -hmm. in and you've got to be a better leader than that defense lawyer. 
right? Or you're not going to get predictable results, right? Or else it'd be really easy <laughs> if they, they didn't get a say. Uh <laughs> right, right. Well, before we go, what are three of the biggest takeaways or pieces of advice that you can give a lawyer based on the jury research that you've seen? Well, okay, so I've, I've hammered this pretty hard, but the, the jury trials are about emotional leadership. So if they like you and they trust you, they'll follow you. Uh, we had a, a case in Chicago some years ago where the defendants threw a 30-foot chunk of pipe off, no, a, a six-foot chunk of pipe off of a 30-foot building, and it, well, it, they, they were aiming for a dumper, a dumpster down there, a canister for garbage, but they hit the plaintiff instead. Oh. And he had this locked-in syndrome, which is just a really horrible, horrible, horrible suffering. Uh, and the lawyers gave no leadership. The no leadership on what this was worth. They said, well, we don't know. Like, oh, that's, goodness. that's up to the jury. Well, they came back with $30 million because the pipe fell 30 feet and they said a million dollars for each. Uh. <laughs> and this is what, because they have to have something, they have to have some reason for their numbers. And so um, if, you, if you're the leader, they'll follow your numbers. That's the, the most important thing. Uh, this, the other, another thing is, uh, well, two things. So just as a practical matter, um, you've got to get feedback on how to win these cases because you don't know, you don't have enough experience in your short life to really understand how a group of people will react to this. And so um, it's not expensive. Like we've got a 5% contingency fee that we, that we use. The clients, the clients pay that, not the lawyers. So, uh, and they only pay it if, if we win. We advance all of the costs. So there's, there's like, it doesn't cost your clients anything to get wow. this feedback, right? Yeah. So we try to make it really easy. We've got a free screening trial that, that lawyers can use to find out if this is a good fit, if they want to do it or not. And so it's like a two hour deal to, to check it out. So it's easy to get, get that feedback um, under your belt. And then the last thing is, uh, this is like a transformational thing for my lawyers, the practices, the, the business of their practice is that when you start trying cases, even if you get your butt kicked a couple of times, if you start actually trying cases and winning, it transforms your life. It transforms everything about your practice because people on the other side will say, you know what, she'll try cases and, and she's good. Like we're, they don't say this, but they're afraid, right? They yeah. don't want to mess with you. And that's, Lindsay, that is such a, <laughs> such a, a neat thing i go with my clients like <laughs> two years after we've been working together and we've done maybe five or six cases and they say mike they're paying me like three or four times more money than they had like when we started this because they i'm good right i'm good at this and so it, it it's fun to see that transformation uh and the system working you know instead of just working so hard to get a, a tiny little bit of money like they pay you fair money right up front. That's that's pretty cool. So, yeah, that is a, an incredible value to this. And so, you yeah. know, it's it's not just getting paid once, but your reputation right. will then pay you over and over again. Exactly. Oh wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, uh, great pleasure, Lindsay. Thanks for having me on your podcast. This is this is wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Mike. This has been incredible information and we will be sure to put all of your contact information in the comments section. So visit there, reach out to Mike. Um, and uh, thank you again so much for taking the time today. Absolutely. Great pleasure. Thank you, Lindsay.